Oh, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Hey, come out and see Matt Jonah and myself do the Nerdist Podcast live in Texas. We're going to be at Fitzgerald in Houston. Then we're going to be at the Southside Music Hall the day after. <laughs> you probably want those dates. Houston is Friday, July 20th. Dallas is Saturday, July 21st. You can go to Nerdist.com slash calendar to get uh, ticket links to those. And then come out and see us. Also, we'll be at San Diego Comic-Con on July 13th. So I'll just, I, I probably should have flip-flopped the order of those. But I'm too tired at this point to go back and change it. So this is the order you get. Check out our new show, Tournament of Nerds, on the uh, Nerdist channel. Uh, last week saw John McClane of Die Hard battle Captain America. Who will win? We'll find out this next week in this next Sunday's epic battle. Tournament of Nerds on the Nerdist channel. Click subscribe on youtube.com slash Nerdist. I would like to thank Bing once again for continuing to support the Nerdist podcast. Thanks a ton, you guys. Let's say you live somewhere else in the country and you want to come see one of our fancy shows in Texas. Like, you want to go to Houston because you're like, I've never been to Houston. And why not go there during the hottest time of the year uh, in all of recorded time? So you'd go to Bing, uh, you would enter Houston, you're going to click search, and you're going to get a ton of results. You're going to get to see the flight selector, you're going to get price predictor, which is going to help you get the lowest airfare. Then, also because of the social aspect that's infused in Bing, uh, you're going to see what your Facebook friends liked in Houston, hotels, restaurants, other places to check out. And because your friends are obviously people that hopefully you trust, and you don't have jerk friends, you know, some people have jerk friends. They're like, well, they... They'll sit on your face and fart a lot, but, you know, you gotta love them because you all grew up together. But let's just say they're true, true, true friends that whose opinions you respect. Then that's going to be very helpful for you in figuring out where to go, what to do when you're in Houston, Texas. And then once you get there, you can do the same thing for your friends. Post the places that you like. Hopefully one of those will be Fitzgerald's where you'll see us perform the Nerdist Podcast on the 20th of July. So that's it. Bing.com. Click search. You're going to get a ton of results, and you're going to find out what your friends liked and get all social on that business. Thanks again to Bing for continuing to support the Nerdist Podcast. This episode is uh, another one of the archives. This one should have gone out a long time ago. Damn you, Chris Hardwick. Why didn't you put out this episode with Fred Armisen and Gary Brownstein a lot earlier? Well, because sometimes I misplace things because I am not perfect. Uh, so that's, again, I apologize. Uh, this has been unearthed. And it's going up later than it should, and I'll refund your zero dollars. Still a fun podcast, just because it should have gone up like six weeks ago. Come on! Why do I have these fake fights with the internet? I don't know, because I'm trying to predict what you're going to yell at me. So, there. I'm shell-shocked. Are you happy? I'm an abused, shell-shocked podcast host. It's your fault, internet. Oh, wait, wait, internet. Come back, come back, come back. I could never stay mad at you, internet. You're my best friend. I'm with benefits. So here we go. The Nerdist Podcast, episode number 227, with Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein of Portlandia. Still available online, by the way. So just because this isn't being dropped right when the new season premiered, you can still go watch it now and pretend. Huh? You're welcome. Now entering Nerdist.com. There's that little solo, but... Yeah, I mean, she'll come in at six. To do oh, it. great, okay. What What did Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs do together? They do these, this thing, this this album, these two albums. Up, up on that... Uh, uh, these two albums. Um, oh, good luck with that, Carrie. Called, uh, 
Let me spit out my gum. Look at that. Under the Covers. Under the Covers, Volumes 1 and 2. Okay. And it's all these amazing covers. And it's so great. They sing together and play together. It's just like Fleetwood Mac songs, Sunday Morning. I got to write that down. Why don't you just record it for prosperity? Then you'll have it for later. Do you mean posterity, or are you no, saying I should I record it and that will plant seeds that will pay off later on? It's gonna grow. We'll it's, prosper. It's so good, and I've seen them do it live too, and they sound so good together. Oh my god, that sounds amazing! Yeah, under the covers, volumes one and two. I like both of those people oh, so much. Yeah, Susanna's gonna do the show tonight. And what? What does the live show consist of? It's like um, us talking, then like some videos from season two, us playing music. We have a band. We have a drummer and a keyboard player. We'll do some songs from the show, and then some, and then like every city, we'll do like different covers that are appropriate to whoever's around. Oh, nice. So, what are you doing for Los Angeles then? It's Susanna Hoffs is going to be that song Sunday morning, awesome. and then Manic Monday. Oh, nice. Yeah. What? Uh, and then New York is going to be Hugh Cornwell from the Stranglers. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love the Stranglers. Yeah, and we're so psyched. Golden Brown. <laughs> is he going to do Golden Brown? He wants to do it. He's going to do it acoustically. I've been emailing oh, with him. Oh, he is? Yeah, okay. just like a... Great. One, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to deliver a pie to him while he's doing like a delicious golden brown pie, or do you feel like that's too on the nose? You know, this is a serious operation. Okay, I'm sorry. And we don't... We comedy don't is not in our... That... We're separating ourselves from comedy. It's a good idea. Anything with any content. Yeah. <laughs> Content. We're gonna come out. We're just gonna come out and just introduce ourselves and leave it at that. Like, hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Fred. This is the show. Leave us alone. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs> a, which is, in a meta way, it's almost Portlandian. It is. In a weird kind of yeah. way. I like it. I like you using that. Did you just coin a new phrase Ad- of comedy? Adjective? Portland. Yeah, I did. Adjective. Yeah. I love Portland. I was Carrie and I were talking. Where? I just I just went up there for no for just between Christmas and New Year's. I just went to Portland. Oh, like, man, I did just for just to hang out. Yeah, and it, that was it. Just to hang out. It's the it's like the best place. Yeah, and I don't think it'll ever get overrun with anybody because it's a little out of the way. It's like not that easy to get to. You yeah, know? it's like I don't know. I the, always like how you think it's not that easy to get to, like compared to I San Francisco. Like I feel like <laughs> San Francisco, you can get a flight from anywhere. Or Seattle even. Yeah, like, Portland is weirdly hard to get to, even from Los Angeles. There's like you have to it's I think it's pretty much just Alaska Airlines yeah, flies there's there. Some, yeah. There's some places where you cannot get a direct flight to or yeah. from Portland. That and, is true. And you take it for granted because you're like, well, no, Portland. It's a major, it, yeah, it's it's of a course, hub. everyone. And New York is like a, you know, 7 a.m. or like a, there's like two flights that are like weird times that, you know, not not uh, convenient. Maybe they do it that way on yeah, purpose. Nice. There really are some turbo hipsters in, I mean, it's, it's shot. When you start to see the hipsterisms mash up with like, okay, you have the mustache and the beard yeah. and the crazy shirt and the old work pants yeah. and the chain thing. Like the Charlie Brown Doctor Who t-shirt. It's a mashup. It is a mashup of like five sub hipster sets like, like c- oh, cut yeah. together. But I'd rather have that. I mean, like, you know, in the South, you got rednecks. So hipsters, I welcome thee. Fine by me. How did you guys <laughs> become, did you, how'd you guys? We kind of just knew each other. We had mutual friends, and then I was a fan of Slater Kinney, and then uh, um, I knew Janet Weiss, or I know Janet Weiss from the band, and I invited Janet and the band to come to an SNL in the early days, I don't know, 2003, mm-hmm. and then... Just to an after party. Yeah. We, were, we, met we had a show in New York. Yeah. So we just came to the after party. And we became, we became friends. And you're like, hey, you know what? We should do a show about a subculture. 
Well, there was Thunder Ant first, right? Yeah. yeah. There was a couple, like, years, five years of just these little online videos. We didn't even have a website. I don't know what we did before I, we had a website. What did we do, though? I think we just emailed the video around. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. That's how South Park got made. Really? Yeah, it's like they just had Spirit a Spirit of Christmas. Oh, like, right, yeah. right, the Christmas one. Would, would you, one. Did you ever want to really do acting stuff, or did you? was it just sort of like, well, this is fun, and then now all of a sudden it's a thing you actually get paid to do? Well, both. Actually, no. As a kid, I did want to do acting. Before I discovered music, I did. I was like a drama nerd in school. I took improv, like act and acting classes in the summers, and I thought I was going to go into that. And then I discovered music, and that just derailed everything else I wanted to do. Fuck you, comedy. Yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> also, I was not doing comedy. I was doing serious plays. That my English teacher had written, like the, in the most hubristic <laughs> <laughs> thing ever. When like a teacher at school decides that they're going to write the play, you might have to get just a little bit closer to the mic. What yes. what I wanted to hear what in the English teacher play was. What were they were they about? Is were they autobiographical? What what is what is your English teacher? No, it was a period. It was a period piece. Um, it was a, about it, an English teacher in the 18th century <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> writing plays for <laughs> his <laughs> urchin, keeps street urchin. On going back. Keeps on going back. Yeah. Um, I played the sister of a bride. It was very Jane Austen. Oh, that's sweet. It's very sweet, yes. Were they were they good? No. Okay. They were horrible. I have pictures. Oh, there's a picture from it in our Portlandia live show. Yeah. yeah we include we, we include some slides yeah. to let people know a little bit about our background. See, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was preparing you because we were just having the Downton Abbey conversation before right before Fred got here. Do you like it? I haven't. I saw a couple episodes. My ex-girlfriend used to watch it, and my desk was in the den, and so I would catch pieces of it in the background. I'm like, wow, the the Brits sure love the relationships between the classes as a premise. You know, and Finding Bigfoot's on at the same time. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> you're you, watching. Did you guys watch it? I watched uh, the first episode right before I, sh I came here. I watched the first episode. I loved it. I liked it a lot. I was just telling Carrie, just it's, you turn it on, and then within the first minute, you're just kind of into it. That and upstairs, that downstairs. Something it's the same premise, right? And Similar Bigfoot, Smallfoot. Is that one? <laughs> Bigfoot, Smallfoot. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. what is that when something just works? Like, because I can't yeah. describe. What Rare. It is. It's not like there's any great story or murder mystery. I'm just like, have to watch. I'm just I think like I think it's a combination it. of just performance and good, you know, filmmaking and DPing. It's like yeah. a combination of those th three things can just immediately just have you invested in something. Now, actors too, like yeah, yeah. that main the main guy. I'm always right away. I'm like, he's a, he's he? a guy. He's been in a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen him in stuff. But I guess it's the same thing. It's like you know, do, would you be able to tell? Would you be able to give people the exact reason why Portlandia works so well? And like, oh, just every element just kind of works together. We still don't have any idea. Yeah, I can't, that's a hard question. Yeah, to answer. You can't. It's a weird question to answer about yourself. But your show works. Um, you. I mean, like it's. It's. I discovered it a couple episodes. Actually, I hadn't watched it. You, we did that panel together at South by Southwest last right. year. Mm -hmm. That was all about you know uh, synergy online. Yeah, it was an online <laughs> it was. synergy online. <laughs> it was vertically about integrating that, yeah. internet. There's a lot of words like hybrid and basically two screens. You get experience. a bunch of people in a room and then you take something magical and bore them with how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I felt like I was doing. Well, there's then you this, and then that's connected to this. And so what you're saying is there's no artistic value in it at all. Sounds like it. <laughs> no, it was just it's just weird. It is weird to go up in front of a bunch of people who have like notepads and talk about you know 
Like, and people are like, there's a couple guys in this party of suits that's walking around that have notepads. And I looked at them. Dudes? I don't know who they are. And I looked at their notepads to see what they had written they down. One here. guy wrote down three Synergy. words. Three words. Synergy as three words. Yeah. It's like they're too old for a page program. And they look like their suits aren't great. I'm not joking. That's them right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's like there's like 25 people with suits they're and notebooks. Luther King Let's Day. preface that. They're going yeah. to demolish the building. It's a working. Yeah. That's what it looks oh like. Oh my god, that's exactly here. what's happening. No, no. They have a they tape measure out. This will make a fine parking lot. That's yeah. where the sauna's going to go. Save the building. The they're looking in right oh now. my god. Yeah, they are. They're looking in right now. <laughs> We're in a goddamn fishbowl. I just Instagram. Who's in the fishbowl suits? You are. We're watching you too. Oh, that guy just saw me YouTube point a finger at him. If you want to come on in. They're laughing at how they're going to destroy this place. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, We've got to put on a show to save it's the It's so cute that they all think they're getting out alive. This was them outside. I just took a picture oh, of did? them. Like, yeah, they really are. It's like so weird. Yeah. And if you notice, <gasps> like they all really have a singular mind. Picture. They flock nice. the same direction. Borg. Borg. Anything. But something is going down. Borg. They're assimilating. <laughs> They're assimilating. You can't. This They're, building has to be secured as a monument to Demolition Man, which no, is where there's this no builds. such thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, no such thing as Demolition Man. No, there is. I no, no. Like, thing is, anything can be destroyed. No, but this. Yeah, Dennis no, Leary sorry. lived under this building. Sorry, homie. Nope. Oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Devastating. This is when Fred destroys Matt <laughs> oh, from God. the inside out. Wait, sorry. the restaurant wars. Taco no. Bell's gonna win, right, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I remember before you did SNL, Fred, you would... Yeah, we knew each other for a while, didn't we? Well, because you, you did the Largo shows, the Monday Night Largo yeah. shows, and uh, you were one of the people... It was so amazing to watch. Yeah, like everyone... You know, Largo was a very loose... Did you ever go to the Largo show, Carrie? Mm -hmm. It was a very sort of loose, alty kind of comedy. Like, you go up with your notebooks or whatever, and then, but Fred would come totally committed in a as a character and never break for a second that like everyone else's kind of knee-jerk reaction was to be like oh wink wink look at me i'm being crazy and never fucking once he committed your level of commitment on back then and on snl and on all the stuff you do is so is such an education for anyone who wants to do sketch comedy geez thanks um i love that scene like i moved here to la from chicago and that's where I heard that all that kind of stuff was going on. And I remember I used to go alone. I was like, I'm going to go check this place out. It was yep. like Karen Kilgariff, Paula Tompkins, Patton Oswalt. It was so great. Such a tiny little place, too. And everyone was, I had never seen anything like it. So I was like, I want to be part of this somehow. What did you, did you start doing comedy in Chicago before coming no, out here? No, not really. Like, did you come out here for that purpose? I think I maybe more came here for that purpose. Like, I did some videos and stuff, but not really any kind of performance. And even mm. when I was here, I didn't play any other places than Largo. Was that, that before many. the South by Southwest? It was after. Okay. So South by Southwest was like a sort of gateway to getting to do more stuff. And then I was like, oh, I can I can move out of Chicago. I'll just go. I, lo I love LA. So I was just like, I'll just go to LA. Oh, the South by Southwest bit. That was like, was that Chunklet? Was that a... It was 1998. Yeah. And I think Chunklet had a thing in there. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Henry Owings. Yeah, yeah. So do you... You literally just, how did you get booked at large? Like, how, how did you? I remember I went and then. Because <laughs> that doesn't always work for people, just going to a comedy show and then getting to do Lange it. I just said, you. I remember <laughs> I met Lisa Langang. Mm -hmm. who, was, who used to book it. And Zach Galifianakis knew her and Nick Swartz knew her. I, I, I became friends with those two, with Zach and Nick. And they were, you know, I just met her and just tried to get on. And she gave me some night at, you know, whenever. Oh, I feel like I have this story. I feel like I'm having this memory of Zach forcing you to do impressions of all the other comics. 
Yeah, did you, he's always pimping me out to do stuff like that. <laughs> did you do like a Paul F. Tompkins? Did you? Did yeah, you? I did Paul F. Tompkins on stage. I came out with a big beer. <laughs> I am a grown man. <laughs> when you were, uh, it was the the prince character. The prince character I remember seeing at Largo. I did a, like a, it was a hybrid of like because that was after nine eleven. Right. And I. And on the news, they would always play like really sad music. So I just I, I did a guy who plays that music, who like composes it, kind of like a musicologist. And I just based him on a kind of music guy, but he was kind of like Prince and kind of not. How's the experience? Uh, has it been for you on Portlandia, Carrie Brownstein? I mean, just in terms of is it is it exactly what you thought it was going to be? Is it is it? Are you still enjoying it? Are you like, oh, I thought this acting thing would be fun, but it's just I have to work all day. Oh, I enjoy every minute of it. Well, what's the most surreal is that it's still just Fred and I. You know, it, it, we started out just doing these short videos, like we were talking about earlier, and so much of it, uh, despite the fact that we have, obviously, a great director, Jonathan Kreisel, and it's a, a production now, like, still at the core of it is us just, like, looking for these absurd moments and these weird sort of, like, awkward pauses and taking things off and these tangents for a long time. So that's the weirdest part of it is that it, it still has the same kind of essential core and we, I keep waiting for that not for it not to feel like that but it just it hasn't yet we've only shot 16 episodes so if I already was over it you, <laughs> I should be slapped did Jonathan Kreisel direct all the second season too yeah I think that's a, a really good idea that a lot of sketch shows never really uh, attempted before like it's it's it always makes a sketch show better when you have a single director Throughout all the different sketches and episodes, because it kind of gives it a singular voice. But you know what's funny is I don't think of it as a sketch show, even though I guess technically it is a sketch show. For some reason, I don't think of it as it's a, a funny scene show. It's just it's yeah, it's, it's a sketch show. Really. Yeah. We don't we don't really think of it like that either. I always think of it almost like we're just making really short indie films that all yeah. connect in some way. Yeah, yeah like little stories, kind of. Which sounds totally pretentious. I don't know, <laughs> but, that's indie what it, films. but it is though. It seems it's not because there's no no real punchlines to anything. You know, like. It's not that clowny. No. So, what was the first when you guys first started talking? Was it was it Pasternak the one that that brought it to IFC? He is actually. Mm -hmm. You know, we pitched it to Broadway Video, and Andrew Singer is there. Mm -hmm. And he just he knew that IFC was wanting to branch out and doing comedy. So Dan Pasternak was the guy he called and said, "Would you want to be?" And then before we knew it, we were doing a pilot, and we didn't even know it would go beyond that. Like we. We're still kind of like, wow, we get to do a pilot, and then that turned into a series, and I still oh, can't believe season tour. two is done shooting. Yeah. Like, it's still, you know. Well, it caught, I mean, I feel like it caught on pretty quickly with the sort of early adapter comedy nerds. Just being at South by last year, which was still pretty early in your show, and people were shouting, put a bird on it in the mm -hmm. theaters, and that had, had just happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty Sorry. crazy. <laughs> that was okay. Carrie's idea, by the way, to put a bird on it. That was a great one. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was just we. Just people always out. ask about that as if we like were a marketing team that came up with a catchphrase. But yeah. it was. It, <laughs> but, I mean, that's just not how we. That's obviously, okay. you know, people don't you don't write like that. But it was just it would just turn into this strange phenomenon. Put a bird on it. Someone walked by me the other day and just said cacao. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend Deanna. That's what she says to our dog now. So safe word. It's like when the the dog is doing something like cacao, Ruby, cacao. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's appropriate. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It means stop. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know. You, I, did you get a phone call from like the cacao industry? 
Guys, thank you so much. I mean, you have no idea. People just didn't use that word before. There's a restaurant. I think it, it might be in San Francisco called Cacao. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a chocolate place in Portland. Not named after the sketch, but not, but called Cacao. Mm-hmm. How long does your season take to shoot? I mean, you, you must not have a ton of time. September? I think it was actually nine weeks of yeah. shooting. So about three and a half days per episode. And do you guys just, do you, do you literally just write everything yourselves? No, it's us and Jonathan Kreisel. Uh, we had a woman named Carrie Dornetto. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Uh, Allison Silverman writes some okay. stuff. And then one piece was written by uh, our editor, Doug Lussenhop. Mm-hmm. Doug Pound. Yeah. Doug Pound. Oh, Doug, yeah. oh, nice. He's an editor, yeah. Yeah. The, the editor is like, we, they do so much for the show, it's crazy. They actually build things that of, of things that we thought would go in, in the garbage. Like... They really turn, they turn them into like cohesive pieces. The things that they do, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're they're really incredible. It's uh, amazing to me that anything. I mean, you have to get so lucky with who you pick, because there's so many places along the way where something can fall apart. Totally. That it's ama- It's almost astounding that anything good ever gets made, because even if yeah. you have ninety percent of the people are amazing, and then just like one guy, one idiot editor, can just fucking ruin everything. It. No, yeah. it's it's. The thing that about it is also a little scary. Like, I, it feels a little scary depending so much on these editors and, and John and stuff. It's just like, they're so good at it. Mm-hmm. And this is stuff that we don't do. We don't know how to edit, you know? Yeah, but those guys have worked. We had worked with Doug on Thundrant. He was our editor for that. And then yeah. John and Doug had worked together on Tim and Eric. So there was, there was already these, like, little, like, this chemistry sort of between all the different, like, groups. Yeah. And I feel like John directs with editing in mind. Like he sort of knows like when we've we have enough or when to get more because he can he sort of has that like shorthand with Doug. And so that that makes it a lot easier, I think. Yeah. How many uh, are there? Are there a bunch of sketches that you still are? Is there anything that you feel like, oh, I just haven't been able to make this work yet? That. Yeah, we wanted to do something with public transportation. There's like trams everywhere in Portland and it's Stop very. these guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna that find guy out. I just peeked in are. like a okay. child. So the guy. So basically, just for people listening, there's a there's a small that it looks like a ship's window in the door here at the studio that we're in, and there's all these weird suited people outside, and and one and one like comicky Asian guy, um, comicky like, Asian guy, comicky like he was being he was being a comedian, yeah. like right. he peeked up and then made this weird face and then like 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 slid back down, oh, okay, like he was going down the elevator. You want me to block the window? But just they're, but they're punch through it and be like, shut the fuck up. This group of suits, it looks like something in a movie. Like, yeah. if it was yeah. in a movie with business guys walking around, you'd be like, that's too unrealistic. People mm-hmm. are more yes. human than that. Yeah. These dudes, short hair, not really smiling. They look like business guys. I'm pretty sure Except for the so one guy. Except for Clowny. Here. Except for that guy who's the, he's the life of the group. He's yeah. the, and he keeps right. everyone, he keeps everyone oh, in check. Yeah, yeah, he's a riot. Yeah, that guy's hilarious. <laughs> he'll, he'll fucking put his face never, in any window. Never <laughs> bust. He doesn't give a shit. Why in this corner of the building, too? They're like in every nook and cranny. But Kiss FM is over there. That's no, but uh, I don't know what that's, that's I don't know if that's what they're here for. They were outside staring at the building for a while. they're looking at stuff. It's so weird. They brought, they were brought into the empty closed reception area. What was that movie with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt where there's a, the, 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 the Goodwill Hunting? Bureau. No. Okay. The Adjustment <laughs> Bureau where there's a group of people and they direct fate. Maybe that's what this is. Oh, These yeah. guys are out there directing fate. And they only do it on Marvel. And we're not Hunting. supposed to see them. We're not supposed to see them. I don't think. I thought this was a day off. It should be. It's a holiday. I, it is a holiday. I just applied for this uh, apartment, so I put in an application with the landlord lady, and she's this uh, old woman from New York, and I 
put it in on Saturday, and sh- she says, oh, you should hear back on Monday. And I She's go... She's from Massachusetts? No, that's New York. Hang on. It's a very subtle difference. Uh, so I say to her, I was like, oh, Monday's a holiday. She's like, is it? What holiday? Like <laughs> She's just smartly the king day. She goes, oh, I don't think the owner celebrates. He's Orthodox Jew. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, you described her as an old lady. If she hears this, good luck with your chances on getting Oh, my yeah, God, you're so right. Exactly. Way in the podcast. This that. very lovely, mysterious, pretty lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we do. Right. It's you weird. We have game you guys are right. Hours a day. You we have right. this weird... <laughs> yeah, I'm, not beyond, getting this. I'm not getting this. When you look at the demographic, we it's like it's mostly like, you know, nerdy young folks. And then yeah. landladies, 68 to 74. <laughs> it's know. just like a bulb. Landlord lady. Landlord lady. Yeah. yeah, she's a landlord lady. Mm. Uh, Look at that policeman. Woman. I don't think she's going to do it because she screamed when I hit the color button on her copier and it came out color uh, with joy. Wait, you don't think she's going to do what? Listen Listen to a podcast. Oh, okay. She didn't okay. know her copier I don't understand did color. Printers very well. I can listen to a podcast. Well, it says color and then not color. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yet she's not celebrating Martin Luther King Day. Well, good point. I don't understand. Let's all think about that. Wow. How long are you guys in Los Angeles Getting for? Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll steer the ship away before uh, yeah. we capsize in, near Cyprus. Uh, we leave Wednesday morning. Yeah. A couple days. Have you been nonstop promoting the show? Yes and no. I mean. Yeah, it's kind of like yes, but then we've had to do other things. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been bad. It's been fine. It's been great. I mean, we just feel lucky that people want to talk about the show. There's never a moment that we take for granted where we think like, yeah, oh, this is bananas. Yeah, it's just it's been fun. And also people are nice. Like every place we've gone, no one's, you know, that obtuse about it. I like saying obtuse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a good word. It's a, a good Shashan, word. Shashan, That's exactly Shashan. where I learned that word. Really? And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. And it's just I think it's Tim Robbins. Yeah. He says mm-hmm. uh, you're being obtuse to the uh, warden. OK. And that's what makes him freak out. Yep. Like, yep. And I'm just like, that's so great. Then he goes in the hole for a month. It's better than saying confrontational or yeah. like pissy. Yes. So why didn't you do your show about another city? You mean something along those lines? Would that be confrontational? Ooh. You gonna you gonna do Chicagoia or like I just like fucking start trying to pitch my own crappy our, versions? Our um, our idea is to franchise it out. Make as much as we can. And hell yeah. Hire two actors in Chicago. <laughs> Come up with your own characters. Flintia, Michigan. Flintia, Michigan, yeah. And then we'll just check out, make sure that they're not doing anything that we don't like. Flintia. You know, pay them some pittance for acting and then uh, collect the rest. How, how is the show received in Portland? Or they- the way Blue Man Group, in a way, did that. They just had their show and then just there's different franchises in every city. I'm the Gallagher, too, right? He just really? had the, he just Isn't there a the touring one. Gallagher? The one. Yeah, there's another Gallagher. Yeah. You were in Blue Man Group, right? Yes, sir. I played drums in the band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Chicago. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That is yeah. a thing about you. That is a thing. That is a thing. Does Sudeikis ever get jealous? Does Sudeikis ever get jealous? We talk about he, it all the time because he tried out to be a blue man. He was Multiple times, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he was in Vegas and they had a Vegas show. Oh Isn't that the guys, though? They're in Vegas now? The blue man group? No. The no. actual They're guys like are in New York. They never show Chris up to an actual Phil show. in New York. They're like the Dread Pirate Roberts. They've retired to Patagonia and they're living like kings. They, they sort of check in and yeah, but uh, yeah, they have a nice life. Good for them. Hell yeah, good for them. Where did it start? Chicago, New York. Okay. It started in New York. They, it was like a street performance group, and they just had this one performance thing in Central Park where they were going to do a funeral for the '80s. Okay. So they did a funeral for the '80s and they dressed all in blue or they painted themselves blue, and then that became this show, and this became this, and then they were in the Astor Street Theater and Astor Place Theater and. It became a thing. Well, I'm sorry. Were you ever a full-fledged blue man? No, I, I played in the band, which is okay. like you're above the stage. 
and you're sort of lit by blacklight. So there's a drummer, a zither player, and a, a Chapman stick player. Are the Blue Men actually playing stuff, or are they yeah. just... Yeah, yeah. It's you actually... Sure? They, they play drums. There's a lot of drumming. They I know there's, like, weird. drums with paint Percussive. on it and stuff. Well, right. Yeah, but then That's they'll exactly. have, like, like PVC big pipes piping. and that they extend to, you know, deepen the tone. It's, it's really impressive. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, if you're it's into... It's fully it. entertainment. We should all go. Do you want to? Let's, yeah. let's all go. Yeah. Blue Man Group. You know, how important is the show tonight? Do you have to do your show tonight, or do you want to go see we Blue Man Group? We can hire some couple people. Come on. Four and a half hours to Vegas. Let's do it. They'll just think it's you guys in character. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Go to Silver Lake. You maybe you. maybe the Perfect. guy. Yeah. Listen, I don't think that guy realized it, but when he poked his face to the that window, audition. he was auditioning. Yep. Uh, yep. He made it. <laughs> Are you assault? You must be assaulted with people now. Being like, can I go on your show? Can I want to be on your show. Can I be on your show. Yeah, but not in a bad way. Not, not never in an annoying way. Yeah, I wouldn't call it an assault. Yeah. Or someone just grabs you by the collar, carrying me like, put me in your fucking show. Mm. But I people have done physically it and molested then, over the show yet. No, they've been what? I mean, no one's like physically touched me to be on the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think just from a Jack McBrayer though, that's how he was on it. He just last year asked like, "Can I please be on the show?" And we're like, "Okay." Yeah, but we said okay. It was more enthusiastic than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like, oh, "Yes, when, when, <sighs> fine." Here, if you're going Wednesday. to be irritating about it, here's a wig. Go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I think. You know, you look at something like Portlandia, which is a show that, I mean, I don't, it would have taken someone like Dan Pastor, I think, to understand what the show could be. Would you, did you ever consider maybe pitching it to a network, or was it just something that Dan sought out? It just happened that way. You know, like, Dan Pasternak, the hippest guy we all know. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. I mean, it's like, I don't know if it's laziness or what, but we just like, you want to, IFC wants to do it. Okay. We don't have that, you know. All right, well. But people, aside from Dan, that really got it, it was actually Evan Shapiro. Who's yeah, the yeah head, Evan's great. Yeah, head of IFC, and he was the one. Because we didn't pitch it as Portlandia. We pitched it at, at the time it was Thunder Ant. It wasn't site-specific. There was kind of a sensibility that seemed a little bit married to Portland, but we were totally willing to like to not shoot there. And it was Evan that said, no, it should totally, you guys should keep it in Portland. It makes it very specific. It has a certain color palette. It, and it's going to be a character on the show. Like, I feel like as a network, they kind of got it. And, and they sort of like kind of greenlit like the whole like the whole Portlandia thing, I think, came about because of them and Jonathan. And it wasn't it took them. Yeah, as, yeah it took them as well to kind of make it what yeah. it is. I just assumed, oh, we'll we'll just shoot this in L.A. Yeah, we're going to maybe shoot it. Here. And it wouldn't have been called Portlandia. <laughs> you were just trying to get out of Portland. I thought I was going to get out, but I didn't. <laughs> and then, good news, you got a show. Great. It shoots in Portland. What was that last part? Yeah. What was that last part? Yeah, but it was really, I mean. And quickly, too. Evan was very, he yeah. made it move along quickly. Because that's the other, we didn't have time to spare, really. So he, a month out of the, the yeah. pilot, they ordered the episode. Yeah. And another thing kind of to what you've been getting at a little bit, Chris, like me not coming from like a specific a comedy background or acting background really, IFC sort of understood like the context that we both came from and they knew of my band and they, they had no desire to sort of, oh, well, okay, Fred's great, but we can swap you out with, you know, one of the, you know, millions of other like more famous, more, you know, talented comedic actresses. You know, they just, they got it as like, this is a specific thing that you guys have. It's different. So everyone was just on board. Like only later did we realize how sort of lucky we were that it was just still going to be us, you know, that no one was going to kind of 
shake that up, replace yeah. us with better looking people. They did not even suggest it. <clears throat> Same goes with jokes. Like, we need this kind of joke. And that was like, they kind of left us alone. Yeah. And see, once again, you let creative people do the thing that they are going to do and it works. Totally. And I'm not against rules. I understand some rules, in, but um, if you just trust them for a little while. I think you're in good shape. Well, and, and it's, but I feel like the lesson to take away from Portlandia is that you guys were funny and you got to carry out the vision of your show. And st- and still, I'm sure that there are other networks people trying to dissect and going, well, how did that show get popular? And it's like, well, because it's good. I don't know. Like no amount of money you spend on digital marketing or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like if the show is good, people will find it. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree, but then I can't agree too much because I can't be like, yeah, well, it's great. <laughs> Come on, Fred. I've always known you'd be a nice guy. Be a little cocky for a second. Well, I, I do feel very good about the show. I will say when I watch it, I go, I'm happy with that. Does it sort of fill a different place in your brain from when you're going to do SNL? Which Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because at SNL, a lot of it is in other people's hands in, you know, in a perfectly good way. But this, there's a lot more that we have to sort of look, you know, look over. So, um... Yeah, it's a whole different thing. And also, like, with SNL, there's the cast and the writers. With with this is just Carrie and I, and then, you know, whoever else we're writing with. So that's where it's different. What was your SNL audition like? It was magical. I I, I really mean it as magical. My life changed that day. Like, there was two levels to it. There was, I had to do it first at the UCB, where I got to meet Lorne. And then, so I did it on stage at the UCB, then Marcy Klein called me in to do it at the studio. And even walking into the studio, I was like, I can't believe I'm in this. Uh, this is the SNL. And there's all these pictures of all the hosts that they've had and cast members. And the audition is at the, where they do the monologue. So I had to do two characters. I did two characters and two impressions. And I just had a few things with me. And it happened very quickly. It's just Lauren and Tina and some producers sitting there. And I couldn't even believe I was there. And I got through it. And I did Felicito, I did the self-defense guy, I did Sam Waterston, and for some reason, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Vin Diesel, I, have no, I didn't have him, I, I, I have no idea why I did him. It was, I think he was just around a lot or something, so I did him. And then on my way to the elevators, Marcy Klein, the, the talent booker, sort of pulled me back. She's like, can I talk to you about something? And that moment, I was like, oh, we're talking about something. Fuck. So she pulled me away from everyone and was like, you know, that's when I kind of knew things were coming <coughs> together. So um, it was great. I loved meeting Lauren and it was crazy. The self-defense character, you did that also in that Bob Odenkirk pilot, Next, right? Yeah, and Next is kind of what got me to get the audition at SNL because that was like a sketch show that Bob Odenkirk did and there's all these characters and there's I had all this videotape of me doing characters. I didn't have to, it wasn't even at a club. It was like me in a studio. So thanks to Bob, I mean, he really... Thanks to him, I had like this tape that was like, oh, here, here's everything. I always, I don't know if you remember this, but I feel like I always used to bug you to do your Sam Waterston because no one else does a Sam Waterston and it's fucking awesome. Why didn't you call the police? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you call 911? <laughs> 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 <sighs> <sighs> all right, I'm all right. <laughs> Gary, did you find uh, the what was the the timetable like? Where like working on a, the Wild Flag album, but then still doing all the Portlandia seasons. Like, did you just do it in between, or were you writing along while writing writing music while writing the show? Well, Fred's schedule on SNL kind of dictates that we have about nine months when we're not 
working on Portlandia. It's less so this year. This year is a lot more blurry. You know, both of us are kind of going back and forth between two things. But basically, I actually, we recorded the Wild Flag album before we shot our yeah, first right. season. Oh. So it, Wild Flag sort of happened first. And then, but then we weren't able to do anything all summer. And then the album came out in the fall. But anytime I was ever feeling like too busy, like Fred could always trump me. Like we wrapped, <laughs> we wrapped on Fortlandia and Fred flew out the next day for the Monday, first Monday back at SNL, no day off Ooh. between one and the next. I had two weeks off, which to me seemed not enough time, <laughs> but then it seemed totally luxurious compared to Fred's schedule. So we both are kind of burning the candle at both ends, but completely like happily, we're, we're very happy yeah. about it. It's a great album. It's really oh, good. Oh, thanks. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the music business now? Like, how have you seen it change? And there's a lot of things about it that I find inc incredibly exciting. You know, I think um, like the accessibility of music. It's you know, like major labels. It doesn't really matter anymore. Like, there's such a it's such a democratic like system. Like, some you know, buddy with a basement mixtape can be as you know excite people as some you know major artist. I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, I think it's harder to find like curatorial sources. Like you kind of have to find there's so much music that it kind of decontextualizes a little bit. It's like, oh, music is from everywhere. So it's also from nowhere. You know, like there was like, this right. moment where things were really like scene specific. And yeah, there's no real any sp particular sound from any region. Yeah, which days. I think has is awesome, but then is also a little weird. It's like it has this unsteadying kind of quality to it. But mostly I, I love it. But I, I have to find like places to trust, like. You know, who is actually, who who has good taste in music? What blog? Or it, it ends up being friends, mostly. Yeah, it's you friends. Know? Or uh, I like the idea of being able to trust a label, too. Yeah. Because anytime a label releases another band, to just be able to, like, well, I'm going to go and check it out because I trust their judgment. And mm -hmm. that's usually, I like that a lot. Do we even know what the, if someone said, because it's pretty, it's pretty clear, like, what sick 70s music is or what 80s music or 90s music. But if someone were to say, like, Oh, give me some 2000s music. What's that vibe? I would not know what to yeah, you just say. Start thinking, you start thinking like outcast for pop music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, even though it's from a few years ago. And that's what... Charles Barkley, outcast. And, yeah. then, and that's what people... So. When people say like 80s music or you know 90s music or anything like that, they, they are really pretty much talking about the pop charts. It's like, because if you said, you know, 80s music to, you know, just any anybody that grew up during that time, they might say you know, like Madonna and, you know, right. stuff like that. But if you ask another person, they would say Black Flag and the Minutemen and then, you know, just like, you know, more underground stuff. So wait a minute. Let me see if I understand what you're saying, Jonah. Are you telling me? Don't make fun of him. I'm not. Easy, easy. I'm not. It really just depends <laughs> where you're coming from. It's all perspective. Are you telling me that different people... <laughs> see, that's, there's a tone. What? You got a tone. Are you serious? And I hear where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. That's why I presented it. I'm just, okay. just turning no, down no. his, his no, attempt no, no, no. at generalizing an entire decade of music. No, 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 no. And now we're scared. talking about two de decades now, because you're talking about the 2000s and then these teens. Right. Right. What's the difference there? That's so basically, say. two, I thought people liked all the same exact thing. So you're saying that different people have different. I, explain saying, this to me, Jonah. Have to be, you would have to talk about pop music if you're going to talk about the sound of a decade. The song Pop Music by Z? You know what? <laughs> arguably, arguably, yes. By, first of all, by M. M. God damn it. Oh, fuck. Oh. Trump turn. card. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had armor on, but I'm naked. Put the gun down. <laughs> it but, is um, M. But I, we could also argue that we all like the same stuff. 
didn't we? Because now, the further time goes, then we love it all. That's like, true. During the yeah. 80s, uh, there was so much stuff that would be like, no way! And now yeah. I'm like, oh, it's all great. Because yeah. it keeps you reminisce about that's, the... That's the one thing I hate about like, uh, like growing up, like being really into punk, is just that you, you push away so much stuff yeah. because it doesn't have any kind of sound or ideal that you felt at the time. And then you go back, you're like, what was I fucking doing? Totally. And, yeah. and it all becomes the same thing. Like, yeah. I, you mentioned Van Halen to me. And, like, when I was in high school, I'm like, no way. But, you know, but now I'm just like, it's all, it's the same as The Clash. Like, it's Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'll sooner, I'll just assume for that either of them on, you know. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Without Sam, a doubt. Even Sammy Hagar. Van Halen, you would put OU812, you would put on right next to Lennon Calling and be like, it's the same. Well, my hatred for Van Halen was during their era with David Lee Roth. So okay. I really so thought you were going to say Gary Sharon for no, some no. reason. I was like, so, that's so, a very so, specific so, area. In high school, it was like Joe Strummer versus David Lee Roth. Well, yeah, no contest. And I don't mean like in terms of loving a band, but in terms of iPod, like if I'm going to put something on, uh, you know, it, you could just as quickly put on The Clash. I will always favor The Clash. You, how did you have an iPod in the 70s? Yes. Am I not understanding what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying today. I'm saying oh, today. okay, I understand. So I'm All right, today, I'm sorry. The, what your go-to is, you're, you're less allergic to stuff. Back yes. then, I was like, I'm not even, li- Rush is another one. Rush, I will never listen to Rush. And now I'm like, oh, absolutely, I'll listen to Rush. Yeah. Was it just because, was it because of the people that they were associated with? Or? It, it's, when you're in high school, everything's a fight. Everything's an argument. And the fact that they had long hair, you were like, against it. It was just like, you know, you just took sides for no reason. Were you a mod kid in grade school? Uh, I, I was punk all the way. All the way punk. Oh, actually, I picked up uh, the uh, the seven inch from the song you did on SNL. Oh, yeah. The Drag City put out. Yeah, thanks for getting it's, it. It's great. I like I was I had no idea that it, that came out. And I was flipping. I was at a record store flipping through records. And I was like, uh, this fight. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> and I was like looking. I was like, yeah, I, I think I remember this band. And like it for some reason, just because of the packaging, the artwork. It was so realistic to be in an 80s punk record. Then it turns out it was from a sketch that Fred did on SNL. It's so nice that you got it. Thanks for doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's great. That's got to be amazing that you both, like, just like side doors. I mean, you already had an amazing music career, but you had a music career before, too. But now you, you, because of comedy, you can, it's it's giving you this platform where you can do all sorts of crazy stuff and not have everyone go, what the fuck is that guy doing? It's like, well, no, it's Fred. That's, of course he's going to do the drum instructor. Of course he's going to do, you know. Like it's side bands. <laughs> even, you know, I, I won't go into it too much. I was a Slater Kinney freak. And even like getting to work with Carrie, I'm just like, hey, I, you know, I worked out this thing where I get to like be close to this band I used to love. She's so right there. I still do. I know. But she's right there. She's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's that kind of thing. And also getting to meet Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols and just get to, yeah, get to meet people. You know, that's the other like. This radio show is still good too. Sunday nights. Oh, he still he still has yeah, it. He, he took a uh, Josie jukebox. He took Rodney and Bingenheimer's spot. They he pushed did? Rodney even later now. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just like, so Poor Rodney. More tired. Poor Rodney. Oh hey. Hey guys. Here we am, three a.m. Now he'll just always be on tomorrow. You're tomorrow. You're, you're, you're on tomorrow, tomorrow, Rodney. Are you guys all from L.A.? No. no. no I'm, I'm from Hawaii. Really? Yeah. You're from Hawaii? Mm-hmm. He's from Hawaii. I'm from Boston. Matt's from Boston, and I'm from Tennessee. You are? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you're from Tennessee. Yep. Actually. Uh, when MySpace was a thing, I messaged you, Fred, and you said, did? "Hey, I used to I work in a funeral home." And then you told me when I was in high school, I tried to work in a funeral home. What happened? What do you, mean you tried. To? You tried. Like I went to the funeral home and I knocked on the back door because I was like, "How cool would I be if I worked in a funeral home?" <laughs> Have you just seen Return of the Living Dead? You're like, "I want to work with that guy." <laughs> no, I I was. It was just like it was the local Valley Stream yeah. funeral home, and I just knocked on the back door, and this lady came out. She's like, "Yes," and I was like. 
hi, I'd like to see if I can get a job here. She's like, this is a family business. And that was the end of it. What a bitch. <laughs> how cool would I have been? That would have been. Yeah. Because yeah. this interview, I, how, like, yeah, I worked in a funeral, huh? Whoa. That's me. Uh, That's yeah. what he did. But Wasn't he, that cool? cool? It was kind of cool, but. Come on. Some of the stories are pretty <laughs> I'm downplaying it. <laughs> I like some stories. Like, did you do embalming? I did. I assist. I was a funeral assistant, so I, I did mean, everything. That's amazing. You pick up, too. Pick like, up. Remember, there was that one about, like, there was the charred body. Charred? It was like a burn uh, body, right? Burn, burn, uh, you know, fire department calls you. You go do a, do a, you got to do a removal for the coroner, right? You flip the guy over. You obviously you think, hey, this guy died in a fire. Flip him over, knife in his chest. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? Then you got to go, oh, hey, guys, check this out. And then we go, Whoa. oh, crime scene. We'll call you back. Wait a minute, yeah. the fire stabbed a guy? Yep, it yeah, did. Yeah. It's sentient. Well, I've been playing I, Skyrim. I would stab myself if I was in a fire. That's true. You would stab like, yourself? There's a fire. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. <laughs> this is stop, drop, and roll, right? Yeah, right? Let him figure this shit out. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> As a thing for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. He's just fucking. I would so do that. I'm I love not going out painfully, <laughs> man. Nice. Uh, a half-written note. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's watching me. Yeah, just I'm create not, this I'm whole. Not with an arrow. <laughs> just France. <laughs> France somewhere. Just France. Just France. You need to put a map on your wall with They'd a bunch of pins go, in it. Uh, They'd have to go straight, to France. Yeah. They'd have to look into it. Implicate a huge celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would be fucking terrible. You really could do that to you someone. Totally, Richard Branson. You oh. can totally do it to Richard Branson. That's that's half no, Richard Branson was here, and please, please, this is real. This is real. <laughs> Find him, even if he's in space. Yeah. Uh, that the hard part is making sure the note doesn't burn. I right. love the idea that you were sort of committed to the idea of working in a funeral home, but you just tried the one. You're like, all right, well, I guess I'm not. Gonna yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else I could have done. I mean, I went to the source. Yeah, right, but there are other funeral. <laughs> homes. There are other funeral homes. Oh, right, right, right. That's exactly why when I moved out here, I didn't bother. I could have like done an application yeah. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I guess you could have applied yourself. Is there an application? But. My favorite name for uh, mortuary I ever saw was uh, Borthwick Mortuary. Borthwick? Yeah, seems really cliche, like someone was trying to make it Wait, sound spooky. It? It's in Hawaii. Wow. It was called Borthwick Mortuary. Is that, is that you doing an English accent, or is it... Bo that's just, I think that's the way you Borthwick. have to say it. Borthwick! <laughs> yeah. Is that the, in Downton Abbey, is that the funeral home? That Borthwick Mortuary. Borthwick Mortuary. I think you should go work in a funeral home now. You could. I could get you in. Very easily. For a little while. You I could go work at the McDonough, McDonough Funeral Home in Lowell, Massachusetts. In Lowell, Massachusetts. I think I'd be good at being like, you know, like consoling people. Like uh, the family meets me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was remarkable. Oh, do yeah. Sam Waterston. And they just want you to do characters that you've I done on the show. comedy right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, he would have wanted no. you to. Time. You know what character he loved? I'm so sorry. He really. That guy did not make me feel better. <laughs> I would be good at it. You probably would. Yeah, I was pretty good at it. Wait, did you, is this recent? This is a long time ago. Right? Uh, like five years ago. Oh, oh that is, is yeah. kind of recent. It's pretty recent, right? Yeah, yeah. How about do this? Have, do you have a different view on death? Yes, totally desensitized to it. Yeah, Remarkably so. Yeah, no, this is legitimate. I want like, to be desensitized to it. I so do I. But you're not. You're not. You. No, I'm very scared of it. Yeah. Very, very scared uh, of it. Just, very like can't deal with it. Like anytime I've had people that are people in my life or animals that are on their way out, I'm just like. They're already gone. Like I just, I can't go and do the, the goodbye. I have. It became have a thing where it. It, it just got so repetitive to me that it just, it became a thing when relatives of mine would die while I was working at the funeral home. I would go to the funeral, and just like sort of be like, how are these? What kind of casket is that? Whoa. What are these guys doing? 
All right. But that maybe that's that was fair. a way that your brain. It you could know, very well be, it, but it is. Just, it made it very mathematical yeah. and just you know. So if Jonah dropped like dead right now from poison Wait, that I gave him you earlier, have to always bring that up as a scenario. I'm listening. Then um, <laughs> you would be you would be like and and Fred and Carrie and I are like, Jesus fucking Christ, he's yeah. dead. You would be like, all right, let's. I'd be like, guys, calm down, back to life. I have a question for you. Yes. Just just off the top of your head. Yeah. What's some advice in general that you could give to people like? Is there a thing of like, hey, don't drink too much? Is there like a common thing you saw that like, you know it's a stupid thing that people do? Don't fall on a knife. Don't enter a nursing home because really, okay. you're going to die. Right. That's like it. what? Also, there, the are, there are like rules that you see that we would say to each other. When we knew uh, an older relative or someone that we knew was on, was on oxygen, we would give them three months. It's like, oh, you're on oxygen. You get three months. This wow. doesn't sound like advice. Uh, it's not advice, but, but this I is still know. don't this be on still, oxygen. Kind of, but, these kinds of things. But I do. There is something to that. Yeah, There's there is. Like for self awareness, like maybe you know, because I, I think nursing homes could probably push you into thinking. That you absolutely, that. Also, they can absolutely. Do you think even just entering a hospital as an elderly person? Like I, my yeah. grandfather was a, a doctor, and he never went. He always said, "I don't want to go to hospital." He's like, "When I go to hospital, that will be yeah. when I die," and it, it was just like that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think people have way more control over them dying than they think. Like, yeah. just weirdly, because it was so, so many times we would have someone hanging on and then, like, their wife died. And then, they, and then that's a it. Week later, My great grandparents, who were married for 72 years, exactly. it's that kind they of died thing. within months of each other. Absolutely. That's very common, right? Yeah, yeah. it just happens. That's well, they had a suicide pact. Jobs that's why I think, honest to God, I think, that's, I think people say Steve Jobs was dead for a while and they released it after the. I think what happened, because I worked at Apple too, uh, I think what happened was Steve. Was just waiting for the iPhone 4s to be announced, see what the press was, and then he went. He let I, go. I, I, I yeah, buy I that. that. He let go because uh, that was his life, was that job. Yeah. And his kids, but mostly the job. Are, are there any like dumb accidents? You're like the, you know, for example, like a, is there like a lot of ba- shower stuff? Is there a lot of like drinking stuff? Like, we what's it, what's drinking the in the shower. Here's the dumbest dumb accident. Here's the dumbest thing. Well, here's the dumbest. What I saw more often than not was New Hampshire still. Not required by law to wear a helmet when you're riding your motorcycle. Whoa. Oh, yeah, forget it. Motorcycle, Human, forget it. It's Human like, cram. why would you Human tempt cram. anything in yeah. that respect? So, I've, you know, the motorcyclist funeral homes, I've done a lot of those mm-hmm. just because we knew Lowell's like right on the border of New Hampshire. And it just is like, why? Why? Do you have to make them up like, well, he's sleeping on his side? Because you can't. thing, too. Autopsied folks. Because if you die, there's a Massachusetts state law. If you die uh, and you're under 50, you have to get an autopsy. Like, they, it's not normal. Uh, and if you die in a car accident, you have to get an autopsy. Again, so, like, they can find out if you're actually murdered and someone made it look like you were in a car accident, I guess. Uh, so, like, what a weird thing about when uh, an autopsy person's in there and you're moving their head, you have to be careful so their skull cap doesn't pop off. Oh. Sure. Well, yeah. of course. But you have to glue it. You got to glue it. So you do pop it up. But initially, when you're moving the head, you just don't want to. Fred, you're fascinated by this. This yeah. is a dark conversation. I no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You no, guys, Portland is great. In an interesting <laughs> way. I mean, okay, I, in, a way, in a way, it's a life thing because I'm just like, there's got to be way. You know, you can't control everything, but there's no. got to be little things that are like seatbelts or whatever. Seatbelts, absolutely. Yeah. It's stupid. It's all percentages, really. Honestly, I was driving here today and I was like, my seatbelt wasn't on. I was like, I'm not going to die today. I put my seatbelt on while I was driving. I was like, yeah. why was I? Did you make a proclamation like that? I'm not going to die today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Said it to my tom-tom. Yeah. Carrie taught me how, I was, in New York, I've been lived in New York my whole life and when Carrie came to visit New York one time, she put a seatbelt on in the taxi and I, ever since I've been like, oh yeah. We're I in know. A I always buckle up in taxis. Yeah, that seems yeah. like. They're the worst drivers. Yeah, they're the worst drivers. Also, I always think in terms of statistics. You're saying, and I always think, like, because I'm afraid of flying, and I, but it's so much safer that 
the flight to New York is so much safer than the taxi, the cab ride yeah. from the airport into the city. I'm like, I have a much better chance of dying right now. But you're afraid of, you're prob- I'm guessing, mm-hmm. you might be afraid of dread not dying. Because it's a much more dreadful way to die if you're going down in a plane than no, if you just get, get fucking hit by a car and sure. it's over. But I do the same thing. I buckle up in t- taxis. And when I first started going to New York a lot, I almost felt bad because I didn't want the taxi driver to think I didn't trust him. And then after a while, I was like, why do I give a fuck what this guy thinks <laughs> yeah. about what will save my life? They don't seem to care about us. So. Yeah. Dude, we must have younger listeners. Do school buses still not have seatbelts? I don't think buses gonna... have seatbelts. Such a weird concept to me that they all even like, after the like movie, the, the, the sweet like, hereafter. There's no seatbelts. Well, then go limp. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, Fred, you are going to start a company called Open Armisen, and you are going to console people. You're wow. going to be a professional yeah. consoler. Wow. Yeah, and the way I'm going to do it is, <clears throat> no matter what, I'm always going to act surprised. Even <laughs> if I know it's coming, I'm going to go, "What? <laughs> right? Oh, that's I can't believe it." And then I'll ask for some time alone. Mm-hmm. Just so they, I feel the shock. Wait, like, so you get time alone from the family? Yeah. From, from the person who's talking to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I need to like sit for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so with, oh, Even if you just met them? Lot, like, just, they're like, wow, he's being more dramatic yeah. than me. Right. And then all of a sudden they get put in a position where they're like, hey, hey, buddy, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be okay. Sudden, you're going to get through this. I'm fine. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a good tactic. They feel yeah. strength in your sadness. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, ever do that in a relationship where you're fighting with someone and then they crumble and then you're like, aha, I'll crumble more. No, yeah. I'm not that petty. Chris. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just making sure that none of us have none of us have ever done that <laughs> ridiculous that's, that's thing. This seems kind of manipulative and detrimental to the relationship. <laughs> exactly why I would never have. Uh, oh, hey, Chris, I have brain okay. gas. Uh, how many more live shows are you guys going to do? We just added a bunch of dates in February. I think we have ten more shows. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have, like, tomorrow? What's happening with SNL right now? How long are you guys off? We're, we're on break for a couple weeks. Right now? I guess you are right now. But next week, and the too? next week, I'm going to Sweden what? to promote Portlandia. And then two more shows, and then we do our, our, our dates. The other ones. In that was not a surprising sentence. I'm going to Sweden to promote I'm so Portlandia. excited to go to Sweden. You have no idea. Have you been? I've always wanted. Never. I'm so excited, I can't even believe it. I've always wanted to go to that area of the world. Gonna hang out with the international noise conspiracy? I, I hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Listening, um, you guys. El Perro del Mar is from there too, right? That's that singer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I can't wait. Because uh, it's fun to go someplace if it's for work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, it, it? It must be nice for you because kind of like what you said. You know, on SNL, you're a part of this group, but but Portlandia is just your voice. The two of you. Together. It's the thing I love most. It's the it's like, and I love everything I do, but like this is more like, it's definitely a labor of love. Is SNL as hard as everyone said? Like, like not, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've ever heard this a ton from people who've worked on the show, but I hear a lot of people who are sort of ancillary, like, oh my god, it's so fucking hard. You know, I don't. I, I, it's hard work, but in a good way. It's hard in the way things should be hard, but it's still fun, and I'm with my friends and. The writers, you know, I'm sure you know all the writers and perform. I mean, they're all funny, smart people. So it's like, it's not really hard, you know, as compared to working in other jobs. Yeah, but I still think putting up a brand new sketch, an hour and a half sketch show every week. Yeah, that's brand that, new that's without really being able to workshop it. Yeah, it's a lot of humility goes into it. And, and but it's good work. It's like it's, it's a good for a good cause. 
Mm. And it's never predict. You can never know how the audience is going to react. You never know. Do you have? There's no formula. There's no like. If I do this, it's going to kill. You never know. It's you, just and it varies sometimes between the dress and oh, the live show, right? We've had stuff kill it. Dress goes on the air, nothing. Also, there's that like disparity between like the studio audience, who's kind of a sp- very specific demographic, totally. and like st- stuff that works in that room, is not necessarily working on to the television audience and vice versa. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Because also the stuff I used to watch, when I watch tapes of it again, there's no laughing from the audience, and I'm like, oh, that did not do that great. Are you? I love it. Are you able to? You know, it's like that caveman. Unfrozen Cayman Unfrozen Lawyer. Unfrozen Lawyer. Watch yeah. that again. And maybe maybe my favorite sketch of SNL of all time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just, I don't know about your waves. Airplanes. <laughs> airplanes. So simple. Okay, man. Yeah, Fax machines. I think it's yeah, little demons. demons inside. The one thing I do know. <laughs> <laughs> that and I, I rewatched. I found online uh, uh, one of my favorite sketches, The Mimic with Alec Baldwin. Do you remember that one? Wow. Where he's the guy. He's like a guy that helps solve crimes with his... Uh, artistry for mimicry, he can recreate any voice or sound, and so when he does it, it just sounds like like a, a lady's about to answer the phone. He's like, "Let me do it." And he just goes, "Hello, <laughs> I'm at the pier." This is like a it's like a Simpsons bit, but I, I like it was always I was like, "That's one of the all time best sketches." And I go back, and it's like silence. Dead silence. The I feel like la- the only reaction from the crowd is when uh, Paul McCartney comes on stage. It's so crazy. I feel oh, like I four times a year I have a dream where I'm on SNL and I don't I haven't been to any of the rehearsals and it's just live tell. It's just the anxiety dream. It's like the yeah. no pants in school dream. Sometimes so, it's like that. But what do you what what's going through your head when if you're in a scene and you know like oh, I don't think this is really working? Is it do you just it's go into bonding. like, well, let's just get through it? It's very bonding. You because you know you're like, we're always gonna remember this. How funny is this that we were laughing so hard on Wednesday? <laughs> um, but you just get through it and in in a way, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Because of stuff like Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, you're like, at some point, someone's going to appreciate what this is, or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're out there with your friends. By your it's scientists. great. Yeah. How long have you been on the show? Ten years. Oh, my God. Shit. Really? How fast did that go? Like, wow. really fast. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're a new person in my life, but you're not. I've known you for a while. <laughs> a long time. A long well, time. we never hang out, because you live there, and I live here, and yeah. then you also live in Portland part-time, and... Yeah. Carrie, I've only met twice. I mean, we... Yeah. Yeah. Just the one panel. Yeah. Just that one great panel. <laughs> do you want to do more panels? Do you want to go around yeah. and deconstruct? Do you want to go on a panel tour? I would love to do a panel tour. We'll just go deconstruct. Yeah. What's your, fa- what's your favorite character to do on uh, the Portlandia? Um, do you have... Is that a d- dumb... Might be a dumb changes. question. Yeah, it kind of changes because we shoot, like, three different, like, sketches a day. And so it's like you kind of have to just be in love with the character you're in because it's like they're just they're gone so fast. But in terms of like the ones that kind of leave like an indelible impression on me, there's this character, Kath. We have these characters, Kath and Dave. Like last year, they they got incensed over a dog being tied up outside a restaurant. Right. This oh. year, they went river rafting <laughs> in the premiere episode. And they're one of those couples that like they kind of perform their relationship to other people. You know, everything's just like it's like a megaphone is. Were they were they the ones with the the Sudeka sketch with the with Colin the chicken? No, that's Peter and Nance, who I also love. Okay. They perform. A lot of our, our our relationships on screen are like couples that perform at being couples, which I think is a really common way that people interact with each other. It's like, oh, there's oh, this element we... of our couplehood. <laughs> there they go. Uh, that's four of them. They've those guys They've have been fired. Rogue. Those guys have been fired. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it's like they've a been eliminated. Show. Pink slipped. Oh. Maybe it's a reality show. With no, it can't suits. be in here. The Apprentice is Apprentice. It seems like a reality show. It though, does. Too, it, too, yeah, those were the first four guys to get yeah. cut. 
They're gone. I always just assume it's because uh, the NBC and Comcast merger. Yeah. I always just assume that it's of all that it's sort from. of like it's sort of like Dark City where the buildings kind of like <laughs> smash together <laughs> and then people change identities and they like I always feel like it's just that process yeah. when you see shit that you don't understand is going on in this building. The, the rest of them are just right there in the hallway again. I also feel like this is a weird dream state we're all in and we'll wake up tomorrow assuming different roles in this universe. Ah, right. Because of a weird race of aliens who's using the substrate of our uh, land to power their species. <laughs> okay. You trailed off there in the end. Oh, that's my phone. I'm like, who didn't turn their phone off? <laughs> me, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought that's how you were answering your phone. It's me, Chris Hardwick. Oh, I, I should totally you. do that. You should make that your ringtone. Mm. I should totally who didn't do that. turn off their phone? It's how me, Chris Hardwick. I don't think That's nice, but the microphone's in your face. <laughs> Chris's face? I'll take a picture. What? Huh? You guys? Okay. Oh, well, I should go over to Fred. Wait. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah, use Pano, the thing that stitches all the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's pretty cute. One, two, three. Oh, you're cute. I was, I was, I was doing a, I was boisterous. No, I'm pleased. Always boisterous. I was in boisterous. <laughs> That was a D. Bad, the uh, audience is going to love that picture moment. <coughs> I'll cut that out. I'll cut out the dead s- second. So the audience won't even know. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you, audience, try to kill a moment between me and Fred. We're just trying to take a picture. Yeah. Do you really have to be involved in everything, audience? This show's not edited, right? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we go back and put in a bunch of hilarious sound effects. But other than that. Okay, so there'll be like a little music cue while you walk over. Yep. When we're talking about death, there's going to be a lot of horns uh-huh. and uh, like bike horns. And bike horns? Bike horns, yeah. Right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you... Uh... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Any others? Car, car slam. Could you... Ooh. Um, Stalling uh, engine. Uh, <laughs> Busy Indonesian airport. <laughs> um, <laughs> submarine accident. You <laughs> 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 heard it through the water. Space submarine accident. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrong. Uh, actually, it would be have been nothing. nothing. Can't hear anything in space. space. The people on this ship can. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Jonah! You just got you. You just got schooled. Fred just schooled you, you too. Affected. <laughs> well, it was, it was a great show. Sound, sound affected. Yeah. Sound affected. It Fred Armisen. But it's sound affected. Yeah. AFF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Sound afflicted. <clears throat> oh, that's a great idea. We gotta pitch it to NBC. How do you have? How do you guys have time to do anything else? You don't really. We don't. don't. This is it. This is it. This is our life. Well, I think it's amazing that you even came in here today to do this podcast. No, we're happy to do it. And we're... We love you. Yeah. I love you. We're happy to be here. I, I, we're not I, complaining either when we say this is it. But that didn't... Yeah, happen. no. I am genuinely a huge, huge, huge... Good and happy uh, Huey Lewis in the News kind of tone. Yeah. This is... If, if this is it. That's if this is it. Yeah. They had a very healthy... Uh, attitude about their own band. They really yeah, did. They yeah, they're did. behind they the music. It's the like, most feel good. Yeah, yeah he's they like, were we so are, we're a bar band. Who made it? Yeah, yeah there was, they were very self congratulatory in every song. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't feel like Slayer takes any cues from Hulu? So no, we took a lot of cues from Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> Please cover if this is it. But they were always, yeah. they're always like, we're just a bar band. We, yeah. You know. 
It's like there was a, in, in the, there was like, we all kind of started bickering a bit. So we took a break, but we're also yeah, really yeah. good friends. Yeah, Our kids so, are friends. So crazy. Or is it the bass player? Which one has the slick back hair and was always smoking? Is it the bass oh, player? No. I feel it like it's Bowser. It sounds like the drummer. It, he looked like Bowser. I think mm. it was the bass player. It was the bass player. Oh. He's and, no longer with the band and it boned me out. And then in the, because he was funny. Like when they did the video uh, of like, hey. this is it, he was in the sand and he had the leather on yeah. in the sand. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, right? the news. Okay, so you're going to start a professional consoler service. You uh, guys are going to cover if this is it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Matt, yep. you are going to get uh, uh, sensitized gotcha. to death. Oh, I don't want to. That's a terrible thing. Yeah, no, I'll, you've had <laughs> Feel enough. Feel it. Of, Feel it. Yeah. I'm kind of happy where I am right no, now with it. No, you got to start feeling it. Okay, if this you, is like a thing I need to do, if I'll this do is it. it. Uh, but hopefully we'll see you guys. And, and, and again, I, Portlandia is amazing. And I watched every episode quickly uh, on the iPad all at once. It was just like one, one right after the other. saxophone solo bands. Huey <laughs> Lewis? Except for the one that everyone went to watch in Lost Boys, which I guess was Joel Silver's idea of like what teenagers go to see as a guy in tights. What about Jerry Rafferty's? Oh, fucking love Jerry Rafferty. That's out front, that saxophone. Yeah. Oh, oh what about uh, Morphine? That's rock and roll sax right there. I read, uh, I read, and I did not know this, but I read on Cracked, actually, which is a fucking great website, that um, that the Steelers wheel stuck in the middle. I had no idea they were just making fun of Dylan. That was the whole point of that song. I didn't know that. They, they did this list of songs that... Make fun of Bob Dylan? No. They did this list of songs that were a joke to the writers... That everyone oh. took, it like just didn't. They just didn't catch the joke. What else is there? Um, uh, I think uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" was just like that was a joke riff. That yeah. was a joke riff. He was just doing scales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a circus uh, song or something like that. Well, and that's then, how Slash oh, practices wow. though. Slash yeah. always will pick a scale that makes him stretch, and that's how he practices. And then he ends up. Finding riffs in there. And then and the part and then, then the part in the I probably have talked about this in the podcast before, but the part at the end where Axel's going, Where do we go? Where do we go now? was literally just them going, Well, I don't know where the lyrics go from here. Where do we go now? So, where do we go? Did you see Bob Dylan on uh the uh Critics Choice Awards? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh uh my girlfriend Dan, she's like, Wow, Bob Dylan has become what Tom Waits started as. Oh my god, he sounds like he's singing with like a cup of gravel. Yes, just exactly. Gur gurgling with gravel. He sounds like singing. he is. He sounds like he is gurgling Clint Eastwood, who is blowing Christian Bale's Batman in his throat <laughs> while he's singing trying to sing at the same time oh, wow, in a gravel pit operated by Mr. Slate, Bob Hoskins, or Kenny, uh, not Bob Hoskins, yeah. who would have made a great Fled Flint. Led, Led Let it go, Led please. John Goodman. I'm not going to go back and fix that. That movie? You're going to try to go back and fix it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if I could go it's back and fix that movie. Lately, the Flintstones? Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell and Rick Moranis. The, as, there a was like, as a couple? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Betty and, Betty and, uh, and uh, Barney, yeah. There was only one Rosie thing. That, like, the Flintstones movie was so bad, and their one thing actually, the only thing that could have made it worse was that... Rock Vegas? No, B52s? well, no, no, yeah, no, no. Hang on. When I when I when I went to watch Flintstones, the kid sitting next to me pissed himself, <laughs> and it just started to ferment during them because his parents laughter, just didn't right? give it a was shit. Just laughter. Yeah. The and there was it, nothing that was gonna take you out of that <laughs> experience, huh? Poor dude. It might have saved me yeah. from being from having to watch. 
Oh, you let you you left, right? No, I, I I I kept. I just no. You know what it was? I sat there for some reason. I was more into the idea of staying and being being indignant about it rather than just leaving. I just wanted to stay there and be mad about it, mad about the movie, mad about the smell of cold pee, rather than just taking myself out of the situation and not dealing with it. We did. You're grown up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. Are you on the tweets? Are you on the tweets? Yeah. Well, I am. Are you I'm fine? not really, but sometimes I'll forward stuff to the person who does the Portlandia tweets. I, I love that because you could log in. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I, I would just rather do it that way. But I, it, yeah, I think it's funny. You'll take a picture. Yeah. Send it to her. Send it to her. Send it to Melissa. She'll put it up. It's just easier for me. Yeah. To forward it to another person. I can't write anything. But yeah, you're an excellent write writer. I can't. For some reason, I, that's one. I have like a writer's block when it comes to that. Carrie does it great. You do it great. You two don't even do it right. I don't even know how. <laughs> I do it okay. Sometimes. I somehow just upload drawings. I don't know how I do it. With your mind. But I got that, that eight millimeter app, you know? That's fun. So I've been sending Listen, little movies. If that. you guys, oh, cool. if you follow me at home, you'll see the picture of the suits. I tweeted that. Oh, already? Did you see your Instagram? Instagram? Yeah. You take a oh, good. Okay, good. What suits? Like the suits that have been here all day. I took oh, a these suits. The suits. They're still there. Man. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Matt Myra. All one word. M A T T M I R A. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of bad. It is kind of bad. That's how he introduces himself now. Hi, I'm at Matt Myra. I will say, I. That's not weird, right? Sometimes I Hashtag I was against it, but then I always go to it if I want to find out about other people. Mm hmm. So. IFC is like, we really need you to do this. And I'm like, why? No one cares. But then when I want to find out who's going on tour, I always check in. Mm. And IFC is like, see Fred? Yeah. Life, Not so crazy. Fred. Yeah. Are you yeah. at Carrie Brownstein? No, Carrie Rachel, which is my middle name. Okay. You, that doesn't, I know, maybe it doesn't make sense. But yeah, Carrie Rachel. It's whatever you want it, it to It is be. whatever I want. That's what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> it was shorter. Brownstein is a long last That's name. That's oh, your whole tweet right there. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Carrie Brownstein. Uh, hi. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all I had room that's for. That would be shitty if it, that took into account your characters. It name. does. Oh, it does? Oh, my God. I had no idea. No, no. Well, felt, if you're not... tweeting at someone, oh, it right, takes right, it up. Okay. It doesn't take up. Your, your own okay, name doesn't take it up. Okay. Are you still know how to use it, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> what is this? What are we talking about? I thought we were just talking about my name, you guys. No. M A T T M I R A. The show's going on the internet. It's very simple. Enjoy your burrito. That's bad, bro. Thank you, man. We're doing going our set list for tonight. Oh. I just took the Seattle one. I was just trying to like... Okay, great. Also, I'm trying to remember the lyrics to Dream of the 90s. Like, oh, shit. I know. I will remember when we practice I think today. we will, because yeah. it's just like those breaks. Dream of the 90s. We do a live version of that song. Do you have dancers come out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but I took elements of the our set list from those two cities... Yeah, those are Seattle and San Francisco. But we'll put the Camille thing in somewhere. Yeah. Do we need someone else tonight? We might not. Good. I reached out to, to my... <coughs> me, me, me. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just warming up my voice over here for Wait no reason. Wait a minute. Wait a second. It gives me an idea. What's that? We can ask Amy Poehler. Oh, <laughs> that's... I don't... No. She's in town. It's all close. <laughs> um, anyway, I think, I think there's enough there. We always go over on the other shows anyway. We'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, we, we're doing two shows. Tonight, like, yeah. Make it really short. So Where are the shows? Echoplex. The Echoplex. Yeah. You're going to go back to the hotel for a second, right? Yeah. 
I'm starving, so I want to stop and eat. And then I want to get a different jacket. I brought another jacket for it to play. Oh, then I got to get my bass. I got to get my guitar. Oh, yeah, the instruments. We're gigging. Yeah. yeah. I have j- drums, keyboards. She's on guitar. I get to play some bass. Do you have another? Do you have other band members? Do you guys jump around? Yeah, we have other band members. Yeah, it's a real operation, you guys. Yeah. Do. At first, it was like, "Would you mind doing this one show?" And then we're like, "We gotta have." It just it makes sounds so, much, so much better. Yeah. Much much better. Well, we'll see you at the Echoplex. This is gonna go up after that show. Oh, I hope the reviews are good. <laughs> Christ, as you died on the cross, please. <laughs> if anything, if anything. I know you didn't help Tim Tebow, but come on. Oh, that was still recorded? Yeah. Oh, wow. Why well, haven't? Uh, really good Not now. One. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Bing. Only Bing now integrates information from your friends on Facebook and experts on Twitter so you can tap into their knowledge and opinions and spend less time searching and more time doing. Now, search goes social. Check it out at bing.com.